Welcome to the Expanded By Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea. I'm a business mentor, brain rewiring certified coach, and soon to be 7D, a high energy healer. On this podcast, we're going to be talking about all things business growth, spirituality, brain rewiring, mindset, energetics, and so much more. You can connect further with me on Instagram at Expand with Chelsea and on YouTube at Expand with Chelsea. I am so excited that you're here. I hope you leave today feeling expanded by what we talk about. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. I'm also really excited that you're here. Thank you so much for joining me. Today we're going to be diving into all things email. I know it's a little bit ironic. We're talking about email on a podcast episode, but this is a conversation that I have with all of my clients. And I do think it is incredibly important as a business owner to have an email list. So we're going to be talking about all things email today. We're going to be talking about what platforms to use, how to format your email, how frequently to email, and then my top tips to grow your email list. So before we dive into today's episode, I want to give you some updates. So I am back from traveling back from Southern Utah. Our trip was definitely cut short by the weather and by the snow. And it's still pretty snowy here in Leavenworth. So I'm just kind of waiting it out. And I'm a little bit impatient for spring because spring means climbing season here and I'm really excited for it. So for now, just putting my head down, doing the work, taking care of things. And I have a healing circle happening on this Friday. So if you know you need a little bit of extra love and support right now, this has been holy shit. What a wild last couple of weeks. I swear more things have been happening in the last couple of weeks. I've been really struggling. My clients have been really struggling. So energy healing is a really great way to receive extra love and support. I'm really pumped that this circle is happening on Friday. It is really timely. So if you want to go ahead and sign up for that, it's at 9 a.m. Pacific time. It'll be 90 minutes long. You can learn more using the link in the show notes. I have just a couple of spots left. Something that is really exciting, so this is the first time that I'm announcing this, is that I'm going to be having a launch soon. And this launch is going to be launching my brand new program. It's called Amplify. This program is going to teach you everything that you need to know about launching. Yes, I recognize how meta this is. So this program, Amplify, is going to be four live calls during the week of April, and we're going to go over all things launching, how to plan your launch, how long to make it, how to properly warm up your audience, how to manage your energy so that you don't end up tired before the launch even happens or dead tired at the end of the launch, and then you need to take a couple of weeks off. We're going to be learning all about the downsell and how to make more money while using less energy. I'm so fucking excited for this. So if you want to win a free spot inside Amplify, here's what I would suggest. I would go fill out the brand new survey that I just released all about launching, your feelings around launching, how confident you feel, your frustrations with it, your favorite parts about launching. I'd go fill that survey out. You can find it using the link in the show notes and you'll be entered to win a potential spot inside Amplify. This is a $333 offer and value. So if you win, you'll be getting a spot inside and I can't wait, cannot fucking wait to start this. I have been planning on launching this for, I mean, it's God, it's been almost two years now. This is something that is so deeply needed as a business owner, especially if you are a service provider. Also, if you sell products, knowing how to launch is crucial. It is absolutely paramount that you know how to 
put your offers out there, that you know how to market, that you know how to copyright in a way that's actually going to convert your audience into paying clients and customers. We're going to be going over all of that good stuff inside Amplify. Go fill out that survey. It's going to help me create content over the next couple of weeks so that I can bring you the best information out there about launching. I have learned so many things in the last three years of running a business and I want to total up all of my launches, but I think it's somewhere around 50. So I've done 50 launches now and I have learned a thing or two, let me tell you. And I've learned so much since the first couple of years of my business and really learning how to work with my energy instead of against it and really learning how to manage myself during a launch, manage expectations, especially when things aren't going as you planned. We're going to be talking about all of that. So let's go ahead and dive into today's podcast episode, all things email. So with email, I do think it is really, really important. As a business owner, if you do not have an email list, please go start one. Please go start one. It is not too late. You are never too late. You are never behind. Even if you haven't ever focused on it before, it is, again, not too late for you to go and do this because... A lot of us, we are using platforms like Instagram and Facebook, which is great, except for they are free resources and they can go away at any time. I mean, we've all experienced just how glitchy Instagram can be. And this last week, I was actually had an impersonator um, copy my account and then they were DMing people. Side note, if you ever get a weird sounding message from quote me, I would double check the spelling of the username. Um, This is sadly not uncommon for Instagram and until they have better ways to protect their creators, it's probably going to keep happening. So I would always just like make sure that it's me. Um, I will never solicit you for a reading of any type. Um, Generally, when people buy from me, you have to go to my website and purchase off of there um, and they are all like verified links and everything. So just a side note that that has been happening, but stuff like that all the time, right? And we don't own those platforms. So it is not really up to us if your account gets hacked or Instagram goes down for an entire day. And like that happens to be the day that you open the cart to something. We are really not very in control of that because we don't pay for it as a resource. Something like an email list or email platform that you're paying for, you do have a little bit more control over your list. So for me, I like to every couple of months download my email list as a CSV file and save all of those email addresses. And that makes me feel a lot more protected than on Instagram. I might have more followers than I do people on my email list, but I know I have a deeper connection with the people on my email list. And it's not that I own the people on my subscriber list for email, but it gives me a lot more control over having it be available at all times. And don't worry, we'll talk about my favorite email platforms in just a second. But with email list, kind of like I said, it allows you to have a lot deeper and more intimate connection with the person that you're emailing. When somebody gives you their email address, that is a very, like, you're in their inbox. How cool is that? So I actually really love email for getting a little bit more vulnerable and allowing myself to share more sides of my story that I might not on Instagram. And I really like to think of email as 
This is long form story-based content. So I can really get into the nitty gritty of a detail. I can take somebody on a story with me. I can pull in a lot of different visuals on email and it gives me a way to practice my writing as well. And I really like it because unlike Instagram where you're like, I feel like I'm just writing into a black hole. Like, is anyone listening? Email, you're like, okay, I'm writing to people and I know they're listening. And it is something that can actually help you develop your skills as a writer, which as a business owner is really, really important. So again, if you don't have an email list already or you haven't been using yours in a while, and we'll talk about frequency and how often to email in just a little bit, please, please, please use email. It is more reliable than TikTok or Facebook or Instagram, and it will allow you to build a deeper connection with your audience and build up a lot more trust, which is crucial. If you ever want anyone to buy anything from you, there needs to be a certain level of trust. This really will allow people to get to know you on a deeper level, and it gives you the practice that you need to become an even better writer. As a reminder, with email lists, as with everything, we all start somewhere. I started with zero people on my email list, and then it grew to like five people, and most of those people were related to me. And then it grew to 20, and then 50, and then I started hosting things like free challenges, and I started putting myself out there more, and it continued to grow and grow. And a lot of the times with email, what I find is that people are like, well, there's only like 10 people on there, so do I really need to email? Like, yes, you do. The only way that you are going to get people to join your email list is if you feel good about what you're putting on there. So you stopping writing to your email list isn't going to incentivize people to join it. You need to feel good about your email list and good about your relationship with your email list in order for people to want to be on there. And the way that you do this is by making a commitment to yourself and saying, you know what, a year from now, I'm going to be so fucking proud of myself that I stayed consistent in emailing my list and I didn't let it drop off. And this is exactly what I tell myself with podcasting. I freaking love podcasting, but it's also, it takes a lot of energy from me and it's something to where it would be super easy for me to just like let it slip, let it slide. But I know that in order for me to be proud of myself and in order for me to continue to want to go on with the podcast and continue to promote it, I need to do it every single week. So if that's what you need to tell yourself in order to get it done, then do it. You're going to be so much more proud of yourself, keeping that commitment and keeping that promise and building up trust with yourself than you will if you had let it slide. And a lot of the times with email list, I mean, I tell my clients to play to their strengths, but email list is one that I think is an exception. If you truly are like, okay, I fucking hate writing. I cannot stand it. Like this is the worst of the worst. It's like nails on a chalkboard. Please don't make me do this. Then, okay, you can totally opt out. But for the rest of us, it is a skill just like anything else. And it needs to be practiced and it needs to be cultivated. I did not start out as something or somebody that I would consider a strong writer. I really sucked at writing, actually. I like look back on some of the first emails that I wrote and I'm like, that is the most cringe thing I have ever read. And you know what? The only way that you get better at it is by continuing to do it. You have to fail forward. A lot of the times we are putting so much weight and so much pressure on things to be perfect and be the one thing that converts everything. And we stop ourselves from putting out content. You could be emailing your list three to four times a week, but yet you're 
putting so much pressure on yourself and then you're only sending out like one every other week, like all of those emails are probably good enough. You're the only person saying that they aren't. So I am of the camp to put out more content rather than less because you are probably your own worst critic. You are probably your own worst judge. And who are you to decide for somebody else that it's not going to be helpful content? Some of my favorite platforms for email list are MailChimp and ConvertKit. And I will put links to both of these in the show notes. I really like MailChimp if you are just starting out in your business or if you have not had an email list before. It is really easy to make aesthetic email newsletter templates using MailChimp. I found it really user-friendly. This was the first platform that I ever used for my email list. And by the way, this is not a sponsored ad or anything for either of these platforms. These are just ones that I have used personally. There are other platforms out there, but I have personal experience with both MailChimp and ConvertKit. So those are the ones that I'm going to speak to. MailChimp is super user-friendly. I really liked it when I first started using it. And then I realized I wanted more automation features and ConvertKit was just a little bit better for the automation purposes. So if you're just starting out or you haven't used email listing before, I would go MailChimp, go check it out, get a free trial. And as a reminder, again, everybody has to start somewhere. So we all start with zero people on our list. We all start in the same place. With ConvertKit, what I really liked about that, I used that for about two years and I just switched away from ConvertKit just a couple of months ago and now I use Kajabi. Kajabi is an all-in-one platform that I don't necessarily recommend unless you are also hosting your website on there and also hosting all of the programs that you have as well. Um, The price difference is pretty drastic between ConvertKit and something like MailChimp. So I want to say MailChimp is pretty similar, pretty comparable to ConvertKit in the fact that it's about 29 or 30-ish a month, depending on how many users you have. Um, Both ConvertKit and MailChimp, I believe, bill you depending on the number of people you have on your email list. Um, I think maybe the big difference between MailChimp and ConvertKit and their billing is MailChimp bills you depending on how many emails that you've sent out to your list. So if you have, let's say, 100 people on your list and you send out 10 emails, it's going to bill you for 10,000 emails versus ConvertKit just charges you for the number of people that you have on. They don't care. You can send out unlimited emails. So with ConvertKit, if you are sending out more emails and you're getting more subscribers on your list, it's probably going to be more advantageous if you switch over to ConvertKit and it has more automation features than MailChimp does. And what I mean by automation features is you can start segmenting groups of people into different tags, which is really nice. So if somebody signs up for your free you can have it automatically tag them um, under a, a certain title and then you can start to categorize people, which is really nice. Let's say, for example, you are sending out information about an offer, but you know that it's not necessarily going to relate to your entire audience. You're going to just choose the people that it does relate to and you have a better chance of fewer unsubscribes. Let's just talk about unsubscribes for a second because I think a lot of people might be worried about this. Unsubscribes are not bad. They happen. We all have unsubscribes. Sometimes I have a shit ton of unsubscribes. It just depends the level to which I am getting spicy or feeling like saying something that goes against the grain and unsubscribes are actually a good thing because people are opting out of being there. It is not 
because they don't like you as a human being. This is an instance where it is really a lot better to stop taking things personally and understand that it is just simply somebody opting out and that is creating even more space for people that love you and love to follow you to come in. I would much rather me have and you have a smaller list of people that are warmer and actually want to buy from you than a larger list of people who never were going to buy from you in the first place. And this is just a reminder that nobody wants more vanilla content. So it is really important to spice things up with what you're saying. It is okay to go against the grain. If people never know you as a human being and they don't know what you stand for, it is pretty unlikely that somebody is going to buy from you because again, it's that trust factor. We need to be building up the trust and the way to do that is to say what you really think and what you really feel. If you are pretty serious about using email for a form of marketing, I would highly recommend ConvertKit. It just has a lot more features than MailChimp does. It is a little bit more challenging to make it look aesthetically pleasing, but if you have any sort of skill in Canva, it's not too hard. I always like to go into Canva and choose an email newsletter head and then start to design it from there. And then you can actually save your templates in ConvertKit so that it looks the same every single time. It makes it really easy. Easy. Other cool things about ConvertKit are being able to really clearly see your stats, things like open rate, things like click rate. You can also see those on MailChimp, but ConvertKit just makes it really clear right when you log in. You can see everything and you can also duplicate newsletters that you've sent out before. They like to call them broadcasts in ConvertKit. So you can duplicate those. And then if you are doing something, let's say for example, a launch where you have one email where you're announcing it and then a second email where you're still talking about that offer, all the links stay the same and everything. And it just makes it really easy to just start a new email. If you have questions about either MailChimp or ConvertKit that I didn't cover in this podcast episode, feel free to send me a message on Instagram. I am at expandwithchelsea. I'm happy to share my experience with either one and let you know which one might be best for you in this stage of business. Again, like I mentioned, there are other platforms that you can use, but I just have personal experience with those two and had a great experience with both of them. I would highly recommend picking one that you know you're going to stick with for a while because switching email lists back and forth is kind of a pain in the butt. It's not like the worst thing in the entire world, but it definitely is a little bit time consuming. So pick one that you feel like you're going to use for a while. So I got two things for you. One, it's winter. And if you're like me and live in a very cold, (laughs) dry environment, you might be struggling a little bit with your skin. And two, I've been traveling a ton. I think I traveled more in 2022 and 2023, the beginning of this year, more than I have probably ever in my lifetime combined. I've just been re-psyched on travel and visiting places and experiencing things. But because of that, my skin is struggling. All of the air on the airplane, eating things that I maybe wouldn't normally eat, going and probably like not showering as often as I should be. Clear Stem has been such a lifesaver, specifically their bounce back serum. This is their collagen serum that what they call it is actually the no Botox Botox because it provides so much skin tightening 
benefit and wrinkle support. It helps to hydrate and restore. It is definitely thicker than their Cell Renew Serum, which I also really love. So I use the Bounce Back at Night in addition to their exfoliating vitamin scrub. And honestly, like it makes me feel so bougie. I freaking love it. Skincare is something that I've really been focusing on a lot more lately because with my business, I am on camera and I'm on video a lot. And I just feel a lot more confident personally when I know that my skin is looking great and ClearStem has been such a big part of that lately. Their Bounce Back Serum is renewing to the skin and doesn't contain any pore clogging ingredients. That's one of my favorite parts about ClearStem is that they have this massive commitment to not using pore clogging ingredients. I mean, do you remember when coconut oil was all the rage and we all thought that that was a good idea to like use on our face and shave with and put it in our hair and it turns out that coconut oil is extremely pore clogging and for me, I have very sensitive skin. So if anything is on there, like even putting sunscreen on, I'm like, oh, yep, definitely gonna break out from that. So ClearStem actually has on their website an entire list of pore clogging ingredients that you can go find. You can go to clearstemskincare.com and read all about those. I was definitely using ingredients that I had no idea were clogging my pores. Once I learned about that, then now I'm a lot more selective about the things that I put on my skin. I actually ran out of the Bounce Back Serum a couple of weeks ago and it was a noticeable difference in my skin. So I made sure to reorder double so that I won't be running out again and I'm so happy to have it back. If you are curious and want to try out the Bounce Back Serum, you can head on over to clearstemskincare.com and use the code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 15% off the serum or any other one of Clearstem's incredible products. Like, 100% would recommend each and every single one of them. I have tried every single one of their products and have all of them. Use them personally every single day. Again, that code is CHELSEA for 15% off any ClearStem products. Tag me on Instagram at expandwithchelsea when you get your order so I can see what you got. So we've talked about platforms to use for email marketing. Now let's talk a little bit about formatting. So formatting your newsletters. Some people like to be really structured and they like to be very consistent week to week or even every single email that they send out. I did that for a period of time, um, especially in the beginning of my business. I sent out an email every single Sunday. It was called the Sunday Send. I did that for almost two years and it... First, when I started out, it had different segments. So it had a here's what you might have missed segment. It was like, here's a fun tip segment. And then I wanna say it was things that I was into that week. And then it kind of morphed into, I don't want segments anymore. And I really just wanna write about what I wanna write about. And for me, that works the best because of my personality type. But if the thing that will allow you to be consistent in the long run is to have those different segments and to be a little bit more organized, I say absolutely go with that. So you could do, here's a tip. Here's a client testimonial. Here are things that I'm into this week. Here's something related to what we're talking about. Whatever makes you feel like, okay, I feel like showing up for this. If you are somebody that does really well with external accountability, maybe that is something that feels good for you to say, okay, every single week, I'm going to put it out on this day and it's going to have these segments. And that actually allows you to show up and do the thing. If you're like me though, you might be a little bit 
more of a rebel. And if you tell yourself those things and then you're definitely not going to do them if it feels too much like restriction. So I would say just experiment with it. If you like the sound of segments and doing different little sections to your newsletter list and that allows you to show up and be excited about it, definitely go that route. So with frequency and how often you are emailing people, this is going to be up to you, but I will say most of my clients think that they are being too bothersome or they are sending out too many emails and this is absolutely not true. When people sign up for your newsletter list, they want to hear from you. So I would say a minimum of once a week, if not twice, and at the very, very least, every other week. And in the beginning, it might be kind of hard to do this because you're like, oh my God, what am I going to talk about? Do people even want to hear from me? But just like anything else, it is a learned habit and a practiced skill set. It is definitely going to feel uncomfortable at first, especially if this isn't something that you've been doing in your business before. But you are going to be so, so thankful when you stay consistent with this for a couple of months and you start to see a lot of sales rolling in. For me, I think of email as another marketing tool. Yes, we have Instagram. Yes, we have Facebook. Okay, I definitely don't use Facebook anymore. But with Instagram and TikTok and even podcasting, I mean, those things are great, but I don't rely on them solely. I like to mix it up. Sometimes I feel a little bit more wordy and I really want to put things into longer form types of content. You can also use, there's this really cool platform called otter.ai, O-T-T-E-R.ai, that will actually allow you to transcribe audio files. So if you are more of a talker, you could actually talk out your thoughts for a newsletter and then have Otter transcribe them for you and then go back into the newsletter and edit them, which is really cool as well. So there's a lot of different ways to do this. You can do more of like the voiced to text function if you feel like you are a stronger speaker than you are a writer. But I promise you, once you start working on your writing skills, it's going to get so much easier and you just have to be willing to put out things that aren't necessarily up to your 110% standards. Get it to 80%, call it good and send it out. You will be so thankful when you start seeing sales rolling in from your email list and you start getting people replying back to your emails, saying how much it resonated with them. It is really smart to have multiple forms and multiple ways that you market your business and email is one of them. Now that we've talked all about why you need an email list, we've talked about formatting, we've talked about frequency, let's talk about how to actually build your email list. So I'm gonna be sharing four of my favorite ways to grow your email list. And the first one is to create a freebie or give a free resource. So this could look like a PDF that you create on Canva. This could look like a recorded video, also known as a webinar, also known as a masterclass or a workshop. This could be something like a guided meditation. It could look like a three or a four or a five day challenge. It could look like a quiz. As long as you are providing providing value to your potential audience and incentivizing them to join your email list, it's really important to understand that just saying, hey, join my email list isn't going to be enough. We need to make sure that we are providing value in exchange for people's email addresses. So giving a free resource is a really great way to incentivize people to trade their email address to you. I know this might not sound like a huge to-do on your to-do list, but it is really, really important to have a strong lead magnet 
so that people know what it's like working with you before they ever experience it. So if you are somebody that sells products, how can you educate about your products? Or maybe you give something like a coupon code, maybe it's 10% off, maybe it's 15% off for them joining your email list. You would then create a series of automated emails that would continue after they have signed up for and received your freebie. So let's say day one, they sign up, they get the freebie or the coupon code or whatever it is. And then day two, they receive an email with a little bit more about you, about your business, what your mission is, and the ways that they can work with you. And then day three, they receive an offer or they receive more information on a specific offer and you invite them to step in to work with you. So the easiest way to come up with a freebie is to pick one of your offers. Maybe that is a service, maybe it's a product, and to focus a freebie or a resource around that. I often find times Can we just pause for a second and appreciate the new word that I just created, often find times. Oftentimes find, I am really good at (laughs) creating words and mixing up which words go where, but I often find that my clients struggle with creating free resources because they're like, well, I do a lot of things and it would be hard to nail down a resource that would be fitting for everyone. So just pick one of your offers that you wanna funnel people into and then create a resource based off of that. And you can switch your freebie up from time to time. It definitely doesn't need to be the one freebie to rule them all for the rest of forever. Especially if you have a launch or a new product coming up, creating a free resource related to that is going to be really beneficial for educating your audience and also gathering email lists for your upcoming launch. Which leads us into number two is hosting something like a webinar, a masterclass, or essentially it's like the the freebie that you're creating as a resource, but you're doing it live. So this would be free. And you want this to be something that you are well known for or something that you want to be well known for. So maybe if you are a nutrition coach, it is talking to people about why they should be eating breakfast to help balance their hormones. So it's something that a lot of people are curious about, something that a lot of clients have been asking you about, something that you've gotten a lot of DMs about, something that you know people are interested in learning about and then giving it a really catchy title. I've been focusing so much on copywriting lately and really writing catchier titles and hooks so that people actually want to continue reading what I'm writing and it has been paying off big time. So make sure to make the title really intriguing. And basically what you'll do is you'll create a simple landing page either on MailChimp or ConvertKit and which will then trigger an automation to automatically register the person for whatever event that you're hosting and they'll be tagged or segmented with the appropriate tag. You'll also want to make sure that you set up a landing page for any free resource that you create so you are not the one manually typing in all of the emails. If you need demos on how to create landing pages with automations for either MailChimp or ConvertKit, send me a message on Instagram and I will send you a video that I've recorded on how to create those. They're super simple. Once you know how to do it, then it flies by and it goes really, really quick. Number three to get people to join your email list is to have and create a market research survey. So this is really great, especially if you're going to be launching something soon. So you'll create a survey, much like the one that I have in the show notes for this episode. And you're really trying to get a pulse on where people are at. You wanna learn what they're struggling with. You wanna learn what they've tried before. You wanna learn what they are frustrated about, what they feel overwhelmed with. And then your program or the thing that you're coming out with will be the solution for that. So in exchange for them filling out this market research 
survey. You can incentivize them to fill it out by giving away something for free. Similar to like what I'm doing for Amplify, if you fill out the market research survey, you can be entered to win a spot inside the program for free. So you see how I'm incentivizing people to spend their time filling out the survey. It's really important that we reward people for spending time with us because we want to make sure that they want to do so again in the future and that we're not taking their time for granted. So with the market research survey, you can ask them their email. I would also make sure to put a note in there that you will be collecting email addresses for your newsletter list. Please do not be not upfront about that. It is really important that you are transparent, that you will be collecting their email addresses and they will be added to your email list. You can always have an option for them to opt out of that, or they can just simply not fill out the survey if they would like. And if you'd like to avoid being the middlewoman in this and inputting all of the email addresses into your email platform manually, you can look at Zapier. It's Z-A-P-I-E-R, which is an integration platform. So whatever you use for the people filling out the market research survey, you can actually connect that and have it talk to your email list so that it is doing it automatically. Usually if I don't get over, let's say like a hundred responses. If it's a hundred responses or less, I don't mind inputting them or having an assistant input them for me or somebody like a virtual assistant that I hire for a short period of time. But if it's over a hundred, I mean, yeah, it's worth setting up the integration so that you are not the one doing the work. As a reminder, as you scale your business, things like this are not a good use of your time as the visionary and as the CEO. So setting yourself up earlier rather than later with things that will save you so much time and keep you in your zone of genius is definitely beneficial for you. And then lastly, you can have or collaborate with somebody else in your niche. So this is where we are cross-pollinating audiences and it can be really helpful. So I know my friend Helen and I, she has been on the podcast before. We shared email lists for a while when we were promoting for our Making Six Figures with Brain Rewiring and Passive Income event this last summer. That was really helpful. And in the past two, I have set up what I called the performance panel. This was, I think like two ish years ago, I had five other climbing coaches create and submit different video resources that I bundled together as a really cool free resource. And that actually generated over 600 emails, which was really cool. So then everybody that contributed to that was able to then have those email addresses on their site as well. And that was a really great way to build their lists. Lastly, I wanted to answer a few listener questions that I have on email marketing. And I did a, I posted a question box on Instagram and received a couple of questions. So the first one is, what are the benefits of having an email marketing list? Do I really need one? And I think this episode answered it. I definitely, definitely think that you need one as a business owner. This is such a reliable and intimate way to connect with your audience. I know it might feel or seem intimidating at first, but just like anything else, once you do it a couple of times the edge and the fear wears off and it will definitely benefit you for years to come, especially if you commit to being consistent with it. Again, what I would recommend here in terms of frequency is minimum every other week, if not every week, twice a week is best. Second question is, what the hell do you write when you only have 10 people on your list? So a good reminder that we all start somewhere and all of us start with zero people. All of us start with 10 people on our list. And I've worked really hard over the last three years. I was going to say 10 years because now the word 10 is stuck in my head, but I've worked really hard over the last three years to grow my list and to nurture it and to make sure that I am writing things that people want to read. So I would focus a lot on your copywriting skills. I would hone in on your relationship to creativity. Are you treating creativity like a side piece when you need to be 
treating creativity more like a main priority. That's something that I've really been thinking about a lot lately is, do I consider myself to be a creative person? What makes me feel creative? In what spaces and environments do I feel creative? What conversations make me feel creative? What do I want to write about? You are your own ideal client. I know that we talk a lot about ideal client avatars in the business world, but if you don't want to read it, chances are nobody else does either. So make sure that you are writing things that you actually would want to read. We talked about formatting. So if having different segments and sections feels good for you, I would say go for that. A lot of the times what I find with my clients is it makes it easier for them, at least in the beginning, to have those different sections so that they can constantly be inspired by, oh, okay, cool. It's kind of just like a plug and play. Great. I just need to plug in a different tip for this week. Okay, great. Now I need to just like plug in something that I'm into this week. And that can help them build up a lot of consistency. So make sure that you want to read it. Make sure that you are always telling yourself that you are working on it, right? Like if you are feeling some sort of way about putting your writing out there into the world. I know that I did when I first started. I was like, this is awkward as shit. Nobody wants to read this. This is really hard. Make sure that you tell yourself that this is not the end all be all piece of content. This is just one of many. And the only way to get better is to do it and to do it often. Notice how I don't say do it well. Like, yes, that's part of it, but doing it more often will make you better at it in and of itself. I hope that this episode was helpful for you. If you haven't yet left a rating and a review for the podcast, I would so appreciate if you could take just a couple moments to do so. It really helps me and it helps other people find the show as well. Thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have the best rest of your day and I will talk to you next episode. 